Hi, this is Christina Singh, founder of Amplify Her Media and the host of the Amplify Her podcast. I am so, so excited that you're listening to this show right now, and I wanted to invite you to come listen to the Amplify Her podcast as well. Every week on my show, I interview an incredible woman about her story, who she is, and everything in between. My goal is to amplify and uplift women's voices and stories. Women's voices are powerful, and their stories deserve to be heard. So come on over and listen to an episode of the Amplify Her podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, or SoundCloud. I cannot wait for you to hear it. And remember, your voice matters and your story matters. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm Meli Ramirez, the host of Chingonas Only Club, part of the Amplify Her Media Network. I'm super happy to have you as always, returning listeners and anyone joining us for the first time as well. Today's episode is called Chingonas on Mothers and Daughters. So dive in with me as we explore this complex relationship and I share my experience with this issue. So without further ado, get ready, get comfortable, and let's dive in. It is Tuesday, February 21st, and it is way too cold and rainy. I definitely don't want to go to work or get out of bed. I just want to stay home and sleep all day. I think some people would call that depression, but we're just going to call it an off day. (laughs) I want to share some news with you all. I've been living in the Pacific Northwest for the past four years, for those of you who know me. Washington State to be specific. And honestly, I have loved it here. This has been by far my favorite of the four states that I've lived in as a service member. Unfortunately, our tour here is ending and I've received confirmation that my family and I will be moving to Tennessee in the summer for the next three years. So as much as we love the PNW, this is the life we've chosen as a military family and it's time for us to move on. So this season will continue strong until the first anniversary of the podcast, which is May 10th, at which point I'm going to be taking a break so that we can track across country again with our children and our dogs and our things. And then season three will start back up on August 1st of 2023. So I'll update you on future episodes and let you know how I deal with the madness of moving, motherhood, the military, and everything related. Speaking of motherhood, let's take a quick 30 seconds to check out Veronica Castellanos from the Momster Podcast. Hey, I am your host, Veronica Castellanos, and every Monday, I hope you can tune in because I'll be dropping new episodes with the Momster Podcast. Motherhood can be one of the trickiest things to maneuver through emotionally, physically, spiritually, And on my episodes, I'm going to talk about all the things, the good, the bad, the ugly, and joyful moments as well. So tune in every Monday, the Momster Podcast, which is part of the Amplify Her Media Network. For those of you who don't know, I was recently on an episode of the Momster Podcast. Veronica has been kind enough to have me on her show twice already. But this past episode that I did was called Teaching Our Boys Boundaries, which I think you all should go and check out, specifically if you're a mother of boys, since that's what the topic is about. 
And honestly, I, I loved having that whole conversation with Veronica, but part two of that episode, which was essentially her having the same conversation and getting the feedback of a father by, you know, me, the mother, uh, it was so eye-opening for me. So go check out the Momster podcast. I will ensure I link all of the Amplify Her Media Network ladies in the show notes. So in the past, I did an episode called Chingonas and Their Madres, which translates to basically badass women and their mothers. That particular episode touched on how difficult and complex my relationship was with my mother growing up and how complex it is for most women. However, today I wanted to talk about the ridiculousness that is mother-daughter relationships because, and I want to share some of the best moments I've had with my mom, big and small. And there's a lot of comedy behind all of the things that happen that when you're growing up, it just seems like the end of the world. But once you come to a place of healing and move past that, you can look at them, hopefully, someday and just laugh about it because, honestly, we're just not the same people anymore. And when you look back at it, you're like, wow, that was, that's a real thing. It sounds like a comedy or sitcom. So I don't know how people experience their mothers specifically, but every time I talk to a fellow Latina, I can practically guess as long as they are the eldest daughter and have a male sibling, I can pretty much guess how their relationship with their mother is. All other types of relationships are different and foreign to me, but the eldest daughter with a male sibling is pretty much the same as mine, usually. And I relate to that. So aside from the complexities of the love-hate relationship I had with my mom growing up, Neither she nor I were ever very affectionate with each other when I was a kid. I always craved her affection. I always craved her acknowledgement. But having never had that herself, my mother had no clue what I wanted or that it, it was even necessary. And honestly, I could never find the words to express it. I didn't even realize that was a normal thing to crave because... That's just not how our family was. And I remember looking at other little girls with their moms and seeing just how close they were. I remember that they would tell their moms everything, that they felt safe in their presence. And I always wondered, why can't I have that? And as a kid or a teenager, I never stopped to think about how foreign that concept was to my mom. And how she never had a minute to actually stop and reflect on how to do better because her primary focus at that time was our survival, not our emotions. Now I'm all grown up. I'm an adult and I'm happy to say that with time, a lot of hurt, a lot of forgiveness, a lot of healing, my mom and I now have a great relationship. She is still the most hardworking woman I know, and I'd be lost in this world if she hadn't been there to teach me the most difficult lessons of my life. This doesn't negate the fact that she's ridiculous. <laughs> because my mom, for anyone who has ever met her, knows that she's pure ridiculousness in all her glory. I've observed a lot of Mexican mother-daughter relationships just because that's the community I grew up in, but also it's portrayed a lot in t on TV. And it's always funny when I see it. And I think that's why these shows 
do so well because people talk about representation, but it's also validation that those things did happen in your household and they were ridiculous and you were you were so embarrassed you wanted to crawl under a rock sometimes. But then you realize that it's valid. Like that actually happens all over in our community. And so I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that. A little bit about the ridiculousness that is growing up as a in a mother-daughter relationship in a Mexican household. The first thing that I wanted to talk about. So if you have a brother, your mom loves that son more than the baby Jesus himself. Okay, regardless of what she says. Your mom will never admit it. But something about mothers, Mexican mothers and their sons drives them absolutely bonkers. My brother can do no wrong. The guy's a saint, according to my mom. This dude, I remember he used to come home with bad grades. And my mom would say he was just too smart for the school. (laughs) How does that make sense? I don't even know. And then here I was in the background, like, no, mom, he's just stupid. And, you know, right before she had an opportunity to throw her chancla at me. And I always was like, oh, you're just jealous. or you're... But I can almost hear my mom talking to my brother and telling him not to pay attention to the report card because the teachers didn't know what they were doing, which was probably a mistake. Like, what? Are you serious? Meanwhile, if I, her daughter, came home with bad grades, me pendejaba, like, mensa. And, you know, you would be accused of trying to sabotage your life for the B you got in PE. Like, bruh, it's not that serious. And I think we both know I'm not going to be the next president of the United States. So, like chill out all right and afford me the same grace as my brother and that was something that was so comical now but man I remember I used to get so mad when stuff like that happened so moms if you do that shit cut it out daughters they sound dumb and ridiculous you know this already just I don't know I don't know how to explain it rationalize it but you're not alone I'm sorry another thing is no matter what, to your mother, your brother is always going to be the most handsomest man on earth, according to your mom. (laughs) No matter what stupid haircut he got, whatever ridiculous clothes he was wearing, my mom never wasted an opportunity to gush over him. Like, oh my goodness, mijo, why are you so handsome? Oh my God, que guapo, que alto, so tall, (laughs) so strong. You're going to be feeding girls off of you with a broom. Let me tell you, my brothers never had girls banging on our door like our mom promised them. And the stupid haircuts they got over the years are documented in my family photo albums. And I guarantee you that they're equally, if not more ridiculous than the ones I sported. The difference was the way my mom spoke to my brothers and the way she spoke to me. Moms are fucking mean to their daughters. They talk to us with such disregard for our feelings and in the most critical ways possible. I personally think that this is a whole societal thing that we've grown up with, but my goodness, 
moms never hesitate to tell their daughters that they've gained weight or that their skin and bones and that they need to eat more, that they look terrible in general, just for existing. And they'll tell us that no one's going to marry us because we have an attitude problem, because we're groseras or rude. If I wore a new shirt or dress or a pair of pants, my mom would pick at the fabric and even a compliment would be followed by an improvement I could make on myself. She never told me I was going to have a line of boys lined up outside. <laughs> on the contrary, my mom used to say there would be a miracle if any man would ever tolerate my humor because it was too dark for a lady. Well, look at me now, mom. <laughs> Moms also have this habit of telling their sons that they're going to be like the next president of the United States. Just ridiculous shit. Like they tell them they look like an actor or a singer. Their sons are going to be astronauts or, or something. And girls, you know, women, our mothers rarely talk to us about whatever dreams they have for us. They only focus on our future as it relates to men. Like, will we marry? Will we have children? Or will we give that up, quote-unquote, and choose to have a career instead? They certainly don't talk to us about it the way they do to our brothers. And meanwhile, your dumbass brother with a D average and his emo haircut is making plans with your mom on his inauguration speech. It's so stupid. I mean, moms like this are just ridiculous, but it happens. It's a real thing. I will say that the one positive Thing that came out of my mom's obsession with my brother was that, for me at least, because of the low expectations I set, <laughs> my mom never bothered me about my relationships. Like, she never scrutinized my boyfriends or even told me, you know, what was I doing? Like, she figured since I was as difficult as possibly can be, I'd probably move on when I was bored. And she just never meddled in that sense. But she never thought I'd have kids because I don't like most children. And here I am with three. <laughs> but my brother, on the other hand, oh, my God. Like, our moms and their sons, she scrutinizes the daylights out of every poor girl my brother ever dated. No one seems good enough for the future president, and they're all too much of something. Too needy, too pretty, too ugly, too loud, too meek, whatever the case. It's never just because she's too critical. <laughs> My brother, of course, just never listens and carries on with his relationships very privately. But it doesn't stop my mom from speculating, even if she doesn't know the person. She's ridiculous. And I'm using my mom as a reference. But again, most Mexican women will have a mom like this. The reason is simple. Our moms unwillingly and unknowingly carry a bit of this internalized misogyny. Those of us daughters who've managed to get past that and build good relationships with our moms have been able to also help them heal from this perspective. My mom was like that growing up, and occasionally she has to be reminded that her son isn't even eligible to be president. But still she worships all her children, not for our accomplishments, but for our hearts. And that's why I can talk about all this stuff now and I can laugh. But growing up in it, that shit was super hard. 
and healing from it was even more difficult because I grew up with this sense that my mom didn't love me or she didn't love me the way she loved my brother. And it made our relationship extremely difficult because any advice that I received from my mom was met with pushback and disdain because why would my mom ever have my best interest at heart when all she ever did was criticize me? Why would my mom ever want to see me build myself up because all she ever did was tear me down? And so I never trusted her advice. I didn't trust the things that came out of her mouth, good or bad, because it was just a very tumultuous relationship. And my mom was extremely young when she had me. She was 16. And I think that was a huge part of it. I was the guinea pig kid, just like my 12-year-old and all eldest children are the guinea pig children of parents. Basically, you learn how to parent with them. And it's really shitty because you really do get the worst version of your parents. And if you have more siblings, they get better versions each time. And that sounds really shitty, but that is the truth. And I know that because I carry that guilt now. Any mistakes that I made with my eldest, I'm definitely not making with my youngest. But I feel bad. I feel bad that I did that to my eldest child. I used to yell a lot more. I used to be very impatient, not just because I didn't know how to parent, but I was also healing from all the trauma of my life as a human being. And I think that that was something that I was never going to understand about my mother until I became a parent myself. And now I get it. I look at my boys picking their noses and then I laugh when I start to imagine them in the awful office. I understand what my mom was doing. She felt that she had to build confidence in her sons because men don't get to express their hurt in our culture. And their accomplishment and ability to provide measure their worth. In me, she wanted to build a hard shell because she knew that sooner or later, life would break me down as it did her. As a woman, she understood this. And while I could have used the confidence, there's no way my mom could have known this. So if your mothers are willing to heal, I say allow them some grace to heal with you because you'll wish you had the same from your kids when they grow up. Maybe someday you can laugh together about all the dumb and ridiculous shit you did as a parent. But yeah, it's really hard. The first episode that I did, Hanching Lonas and Their Madres, I would say that I was just talking how, how we don't know our parents. We think that we know them when we're growing up. We think that we know everything about them because we see them every day. We know their triggers. But the fact of the matter is that your parents are a complete mystery to you. Because we believe that their lives started when we were born. And we never think of them as people outside of us. What were they before we came along? Who were they? What did they experience? What did they dream of? What did they feel? And with our mothers, particularly in Mexican culture or Latino culture, in every culture, our mothers, as women, they've had a hard 
far trajectory, right? In history, women have had to fight for their lives, for their rights, for their voices to be heard. And this is no different in common society. They didn't have to be out there rallying or protesting. They had to fight those battles internally between the misogynistic culture that they grew up in within their small town, within their own families. A lot of them dealt with domestic violence, sexual assault, sexual harassment. And these are all the things that we forget because we look at them and we look at them as our parents. We don't look at them as people and realize that before us, they had a life and we are merely a part of that. We are not all of it. And I think that is extremely important when you're looking at mother-daughter relationships because mother-daughter relationships are complex. As women, we always want to lift each other up, but we also want to make sure that we can survive the journey. If I had a daughter, I cannot tell you how much of a difference it would be between what I teach her and what I teach my boys. And it would probably be because of my own fears, because I'm not healed from it. And because I carry those fears with me, it's unknowingly would be passed on to my daughter. And those insecurities would be a part of how I decide to parent her. Whether I do it intentionally or not, it doesn't matter. The fact is that's how I grew up. And whether you want to or not, some of that stuff gets passed down. Now, healed persons always know that they don't want to pass down any trauma to their kids. But I can tell you from experience that you don't get to control it all the time. You can do your best. You can put all the effort in the world, but it doesn't always happen that way. So... If you have a mom who you had difficult times with, some people genuinely want to heal from it. And I say, if that's your mom and, and you think that's the relationship that you want to strive for, then do it. I know it's hard. It's not easy. But I guarantee you that if the love is there, if the intent is there, then it's something that you can most certainly accomplish. Now, there's people who really are just bad people. Not every parent out there is looking out for their child. And like I said, in the case of my mother, she was focused on surviving and keeping us alive and fed. And that was it. I always talk about survival versus actualization. And now we have an opportunity to self-actualize, but we also have an opportunity to go back and help our parents understand what that means and help them potentially reach a different stage of their life where they're not just survivors, where they're not just spectators of the world. They're participants. And that's a new concept for many of our parents. And so I think that that's the, the greatest thing of our generation, right? People talk shit about millennials all the time. But I think the best part of it is that we have had the pleasure of witnessing Generation Y kids shatter the world with all of their ideas. And I love it. 
I'm so hopeful for the future. And we're here essentially holding up the platform that we created during our time to allow them to speak their voices. But we also had the pleasure of dealing with the Gen Xers and unfortunate pleasure of dealing with the baby boomers. <laughs> and having that experience from every angle, I think puts us in the best position to heal and see that there is hope for the future and hope for relationships to be mended, but also hope for these Gen X parents who were essentially surviving on their own and teach them that, that they don't have to do that anymore. So yeah, I just want to talk about that today and give your moms a hug. <laughs> Go tell your brothers they're dumb. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> I get along with my brothers that way. I don't know about y'all, but my brothers and I are just constantly teasing and fighting because that's how we keep our relationship going because we just didn't learn how to say I love you. So that's how we say I love you, just FYI. So I love my brothers. Okay. If you are taking away what I tried to put down in this episode, maybe someday you can look and heal about all the things that have happened in your life with your mom. Speaking of healing, check out Carmen Shields on Amazing Possibilities podcast. If you're a work in progress, this is for you. So until next time, adios. We are all works in progress. What if we took that a step further, pausing for a moment to ask ourselves, what else is possible? What if you were to just be with the question so that you can then choose something different for your life, not having to seek out any answer? So join me, Carmen Shields, on the Discovering Amazing Possibilities podcast every other Wednesday. Get curious about your life. What amazing possibilities have you not considered in your life today?